0: Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience featuring the Bull Bear Banter. We all know that markets often behave in ways that can't easily be explained. The Bull Bear Banter is our best effort to digest the noise in the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax,
1: and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the June 14th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. This week, Tom is out, so I am joined by one of our merchandisers, Reese Stren, and he's going to give us the week-to-week price changes.
0: Friday afternoon, corn gained 11 cents with July closing at 453, up about 40 cents for the week. December futures ended the week at 463 and a half, up 32 and a half for the week. Soybeans finished the day up 8 and 3 quarters with July futures at 896 and 3 quarters and November at 923 and a half, both gaining about 43 cents for the week.
1: So, Reese, you've been with us for a little while now as an intern, but you're done with school, you finished college, and this has been your first week as a full-time employee here at Landis. How's it going so far?
0: Uh, Great. Obviously, you know, I do like Landis a lot. You know, I've been here almost about three years and I'm happy to start full-time.
1: Great. Well, we'll kind of jump in here, talk about our big story this week. I would say that's definitely our WASDE report that came out on Tuesday morning. And the big surprise to a lot of people in the industry was the change to corn acres. Normally, this isn't done in the June WASDE, especially with an acreage report due out in two weeks on the 28th. But nonetheless, they dropped corn acres by three million. Some are saying three million for now, but we're expecting a little bit more. And we'll see if they make any further cuts on that report on the 28th. The USDA also reduced the expected yield to 166 bushels per acre for corn. That was down 10 bushels an acre from the last month's WASD. So, the result for this is an ending stocks number for 1920 is now estimated at 1.675 billion bushels. For comparison, the estimate for the current 1819 crop year is 2.195 billion. This has also had an impact on the 1920 world end stocks, as they're now projected around 290. 94 million metric tons versus almost 315 in the last report we saw. So definitely some changes in the numbers there. Looking at soybeans, it wasn't quite as dramatic. They left the acres alone. Their footnote in the report said it was too early to adjust the acres, so we should expect to see changes for that on the report on June 28th. Both the ending stock estimates are now just above 1 billion bushels. The message is ending stocks will remain about the same from the end of this crop year to the end of the 1920 crop year, which means they expect usage to be about the same as production in the 1920 crop year. Perhaps they think there's hope for a resolution with China before harvest. So Reese, can you kind of jump in? Obviously it's a good time to be a bull in the corn market?
0: Absolutely. Get on those bull horns and and, and ride this upward trend here. Um, As you mentioned Cheyenne, the main positive as far as pushing prices higher was that Wazda report that came out this week. It'll be interesting to see if they reduce acres by another couple million here on June 28th. That could also be a pretty big market mover. Some other bullish news this week includes um, the ethanol report that showed ethanol production was up to the highest weekly number since December of 2017. This happened while inventories were reduced. Those two things really don't happen together normally. So I would say this increases demand, which is all a very good thing for corn growers out there. Also, um, planting progress made a significant jump this week, but the Monday report indicated that 15 million acres were kind of left out there in the countryside to go as of Sunday. So with the adjustments of three million or so less acres. The US still needs to plant 12 million acres or so the next couple of weeks. Should um, see a good end to planting, so we'll have to keep an eye on that and start to look at the weekly crop ratings reports as they come out. The final bull factor I'd like to throw out there is the apparent resolution with Mexico regarding the tariffs. Maybe it's more of a time out, uh, but for now, it's good news. With everything else going on in the world, We don't need to lose demand from Mexico in the corn and pork markets.
1: So on the bear side for corn, again, you know, it used to be it was hard to find a bull point in the soybean market and we've kind of flipped that around now. It's hard to find some downside for the corn market, but the old crop export sales report was pretty dismissal this week. Um, corn sales came in below the trade estimates and down 82% year over year. New crop corn sales were also lacking as well, coming in below estimates and down roughly 60% from last year. But I still don't think that was enough to offset what we're seeing as far as the planting delays. A lot more guys are looking in to prevent plant this year obviously we've had some good weather been able to make up some ground but some of these and I can speak for that driving you know back and forth between Missouri and here and down to South Missouri I'm sure other areas Illinois and all that there's there's a lot of fields and stuff that are still underwater still have a lot of drying out to do so just because we've had 10 days of good dry weather that doesn't mean it was enough to get that equipment in the field like I think we needed to make up for those missing acres at this point. So Reese how about soybeans I mean we've we've been making some progress here but just compared to corn we're not making up the ground, I think, as much in the bean market. We're starting to see some sales put on, and we're seeing some green numbers there, but what's your spin on the bull bear side for the soybean market?
0: Well, uh, on the bull side, one of the bullish items for soybeans is the slight reduction in world ending stocks for 1819 and 1920. Both are right below that 113 million metric ton number instead of just above 113 million metric tons that was in the previous report. So again, not a big chance here, but it's something, and... um, You know, it means slightly higher demand for soybeans. Uh, As far as the little market rallies that we experienced this week, we kind of attribute that to, one, following corn, following that bull ride with the corn market, and two, you know, there's still quite a few soybean acres that need to be planted. We do have more time since they are soybeans, but um, there could be significant yield loss if it continues to rain there in the eastern Corn Belt and south central Illinois and they can't get those beans in the ground. So that's providing some upward trend too.
1: On the bear side again obviously we've got some momentum from the corn market and planting delays and all that but we didn't see changes on acres for the soybeans like we did on the corn on the WASDE report. They did not adjust the yield in the Wazir report for the beans. We still have a lot of carryout to deal with. And the other thing we've been talking about with customers is where our demand is gonna come from for these soybeans. You know, we have the African swine flu in China, that's gonna hit our demand aside from the political aspect of this, we still don't know what's going to happen there. So we still have to have a market for these beans to go, even if we do see a reduction in our production for this year. Whatever beans we produce, there has to be a demand for those outside of, you know, what we do with them here in the U.S. And again, just to highlight on that number, the U.S. ending stocks are now officially over that one billion mark. So It's kind of one of those, we're just doing a wait and see game. I feel like the marketing of our soybeans has been a little slower go compared to the corn, but regardless, it seems like either side now, we're kind of getting a little used to this momentum and everything. Still seeing some sales put on, but not necessarily as aggressive as we maybe had seen, you know, six weeks ago at this point. So Reese, can you kind of touch on a little bit, why does this matter? What are, what are we looking at? You know, obviously we're seeing some green numbers, like What do you make out of that? What should guys be doing at this point?
0: Well, you know, it's hard not to get really bowled up you know, in this rally. We hear different things come across our desks, different isolated incidents of five dollar corn being paid out across the countryside, across the Corn Belt. But these are isolated incidents. I think it's best to sell into these rallies, you know, in maybe 5,000, 10,000 bushel increments because we could get a nice, solid week of planting come in and the crop progress reports could come in and everything could be back to normal. You know, the last few springs, and they haven't been this dismal, but there's always been concerns about weather. There's been concerns about crop ratings and it turns out we have a pretty big yield and a pretty big crop and a pretty big carryout. So um, selling into these rallies, take advantage of these green numbers while you can and um, if they do go up, great, but... If 440 is 440, 430 is your worst sale this year, I think you're doing better than the last few years.
1: Yeah, I think we're definitely seeing some opportunities here to make some sales, but I think the important thing you're stressing there is you still have to make those sales. We can't watch these prices come and go because they could easily go at some point, so it's good to stay on top of it.
0: Another thing to add on top of that is in about one month, the funds had a net short position and they reverse that to a long position of about 50 to 75,000 contracts. And um, that is how fast this market can move. So on Cheyenne's point, you wanna make these sales as soon as possible because it could flip the other way just like that
1: kind of going into what we should be watching for, upcoming events, all that. Obviously that June 28th report is going to be important. Before that, we're going to have another report out this Monday for planting progress as of Sunday and everything. Keep an eye on those reports as they're coming out. This is an important time of the year to be stressing those. And I had talked a couple weeks ago that we were going to start featuring a tweet of the week. Tom had that under control last week while I was out. But this week, I've got to be honest, I didn't have a ton of time to sit down and scroll through ag Twitter with the market's up and kind of doing a little bit of everything, but I did find one. This is from Trent, and I'm just going to read it through, and then we'll kind of talk about what I'm seeing in this tweet. So the tweet is, if corn is 450 plus this fall and beans are below 950, can you imagine how fast we'll plant 110 million acres of corn next year? Will anyone listen to an agronomist that says, well, you should probably wait a day to plant next year and not run 24-7? So the main thing there is I think it could be tough for our corn market next year at this point. And the funds are already keeping an eye on that because we're seeing an inverse in the market right now. Looking at that D's 2020 futures value, it's maintained fairly flat with this rally. Obviously, it's gone up a little bit, but not in comparison to D's 19. So there is a chart that accompanies this, and it just shows the drastic difference, you know, DS20 there for quite a while just stayed pretty steady above 19 and a pretty similar distance as far as when the prices were changing and then there in that mid-May mark we really saw that shoot up so we are dealing with an inverse right now. DS20 might not be as high as that 19 value but it's still a pretty good futures level to be keeping an eye on especially if you're factoring in all these other issues you know what's going to happen with the price of beans how much corn's going to grow in the ground next year so just some things to think about again this is a little bit more of a hard facts tweet than I think we're going to focus on some some weeks we'd like to have some humor there so if you do come across one of those or a question from this podcast or something you'd like us to address in a future episode just make sure you shoot us an email that's at our podcast at landiscooperative.com I think that's all we have for you this week. Tom's going to be out again next week, so hopefully I can talk to Reese into helping me out again with this. Um, we want to appreciate everyone joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. That's part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. Remember, bulls make money, bears make money, and pigs go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking with you again next week.